the Mind Body Connection podcast. The body and mind. With your host, Dr. Phil Parker. Due to the ongoing issues with the coronavirus situation, we've slightly changed our schedule. We've replaced our normal interviews with some recordings of live seminars on how to boost your health. To make it easier to navigate the seminars, we've edited them so that the discussion, theory, the research is covered in one section, and then the second section covers some of the major exercises we've done, so that you can listen back to them. This is the fifth in the series. I hope you enjoy it. Hi and welcome, it's Phil here again. It's Tuesday, it's the fifth week of lockdown in a row, and today we're going to look at some really important stuff that will transform your health. Uh, we're going to work with questions you're going to drop to me through the comment section, please do. Uh, but particularly, I'm going to be focusing on how we deal with other people. Uh, because there is, again, strong evidence that the quality of our relationships will affect our health. And at the moment, whilst we're stuck in lockdown, uh, and there are people we're bumping into all the time, people probably know quite well, uh, we have to find ways to deal with them. So we're going to look at a number of techniques that will allow you to transform those relationships, no matter how good, how stale, how um, you keep on uh, just going through the same cycles. Uh, so be really interested to have your comments, questions. Uh, you guys um, provide a lot of the input to these sessions over the last few weeks. Great to continue that because uh, it's really useful to for me to hear what you need so I can focus it uh, on you guys rather than just me and my lovely waterfall behind me. Obviously, I'm not really sitting in a tropical pool, although I kind of wish I was sometimes. So do drop some comments in. I can't see any comments coming up, but hopefully uh, they will work. So just put some in, just tell me that it is working and that'll be handy. Uh, we're gonna begin um, by looking at um, some of the core cool things you need to know about relationships. And the first thing you need to know about relationships is, any guesses? That although most things I, I'm quite well known for thinking that everything in the world is quite easy one of the things that is is quite challenging are relationships because we have the complexity of one human uh, trying to deal with the complexity of another human and that's where trouble begins because we all come from our own version of reality what we think we see uh, what we think is right and wrong if you listen to other podcasts uh, and uh, seminars I've been doing you'll notice a couple of things that humans really don't like um, number one is they don't like uh, somebody suggesting that they are wrong and uh, humans quite enjoy trying to make other people wrong quite often we need to change that it's one of the things we're going to be looking at today how do you avoid making people wrong because when you start making someone wrong they don't like it and what they will do is they will come back at you fighting and then you you'll be stuck in conflict and conflict is isn't much fun most of the time but it's particularly not very useful when you're stuck in a house and you can't get out because as we've said on other other of these seminars one of the the mechanisms we often have dealing with tricky stuff is to exit to go um, and that's a real problem in isolation where you just can't go you can't go out um, you're only allowed to go out for exercise you're not allowed to go out just because you've had a barney with the, with the person you're living with so it puts that extra pressure on people. So we know people don't like being uh, that suggestion that they're wrong. 
very very important really watch out for it and some of you will know there's a question that you need to avoid worth mentioning once again which is the why question don't ask the why question particularly those kind of why questions which are not really why questions not like uh, I'm really interested to know the answer to this they're accusations like why haven't you taken out the garbage why have you done this the same way again and they're not really you're not really interested in the answer you just want to say i just want you to know you're wrong and as soon as you do that you will trigger a response uh we get some interesting comments from people saying they know what some of this is like we're all in an interesting position at the moment where just by being around people um it feels like they trigger us and i say feels like it's kind of a drink this is vodka by the way feels like it triggers that's not completely correct uh it feels that way but actually they do something and then there's a little pause quite often a very short pause and then we respond and it feels like they've made us do that but they haven't they've just kind of offered us i think we talked about this before an invitation to behave in that way and if we can see it like an invitation to a party that we could accept or decline that might be a more useful way for us to deal with it um, I've been talking a lot. I've been doing so many seminars. Some of you all know um, there's the online seminar that I've been recording in a little tiny attic. Um, and then we've also done, so that's a life skills seminar. And then I've been recording one for the NHS, which is completely free. So that's for NHS uh, workers, key workers, frontline workers, and friends and family. So pretty much anybody can watch it, although it, it is a bit targeted to uh, to working with, with patients and clients. And I've also been uh, teaching still at London Met Uni, so there's lots of things I've been teaching on exactly the same screen, not always with the waterfall behind. One of the things I want to talk about is about first position, second position and third position. Really, really important concepts. If you've heard it before, it's worth reminding yourself. If you haven't heard it before, could be really useful. I have some questions coming in now about how to deal with negativity from a distance. Actually, first, second and third position will really help you. So what's first position? First position is how we normally experience things from our own point of view, looking out of the world, um, seeing it as we see it. And in order to stay in an argument or a conflict, we need to stay in that first position. Uh, and when we're in first position, we don't really spend much time thinking about anybody else's point of view and that's how we keep com uh, conflicts going interestingly the other person is doing exactly the same they're in their own first position looking at me only being able to see it from their point of view and that is not a very good place to come from if you want to start building different relationships so that's first position we talked about it last time i'm pretty sure i said that if you want to be a dictator first position is a good position to be in where you you, you know trump is actually a really good example of somebody who's stuck in first position all the time the only view he has on the world is his own view he doesn't really countenance anybody else's position now sometimes that can be really useful uh, and other times well <laughs> you know so um Second position. Second position is taking the role of stepping into somebody else's shoes. And that's really, really important if you want to resolve conflict. So if you're in a relationship, it doesn't have to be an intimate relationship, just any kind of relationship with a human, and you're feeling annoyed about it, taking a moment to step into their shoes to second position to really see what the world's like from their point of view can be so so powerful so important and something people don't do if they're keeping an argument going uh, 
So ste stepping into second position allows you to just see things from other people's point of view. So one of the first things Mary asks, how do I deal with negativity from a distance from a friend? Is to take a moment and to step into their shoes and just imagine what, what, what is the world like for them? What would make them be this way? Because when people do stuff, there's, there's an interesting thing about humans, which is pretty much always we do the best we can. If you look at your life, um, there's bound to be times when you've messed up, you've done things that in hindsight you go, oh, I can't believe I did that. It was really foolish. What a stupid thing. And we can beat ourselves up about it. And we're going to come to that in a bit, how to stop beating yourself up. But when we look at it, in those moments we made those decisions, we probably made the best decision we could based on the information we had to hand, the skill set, the understanding of the world, what we thought was going on, so we did that. But, yeah, okay, with hindsight, we may do something different, but at the time, we didn't have that. So, uh, being able to, uh, to, to be kind to ourselves could be really important, but thinking about this other person, number two, second position, the other person we're in conflict with, what's going on for them? What, you know, how are they seeing the world that makes them be this way? So this person's being very negative. It's like just taking a moment to go, well, what's happened there? What, what are they seeing? What's going on in their life? What's going on in their past? Because quite often people live through their past. You know, they're just recreating their past all the time. We can be thankful we're not them, but we can get a sense of, okay, well, I understand why they're doing it. I still don't like it, but I can understand why they're doing that. That can be a really useful starting point. And if you're interested, third position is when you take an observer position where you look at both you and the person you're slightly in conflict with. And Mary's talking about some kind of negativity. That means there's something kind of not fitting in that relationship. You take a third position where you are nothing to do with them. So if you're a therapist or a coach, one of the things your job is to do is to sometimes be able to see what somebody's saying. Oh, this person's been really horrible to me and then they're being really horrible to me, is to have that mediation position where you can observe. Problem with third position is if you get stuck in it, you never really feel anything because you're just observational. So you may know people like that. Um, you know, men are often, uh, you know, complained about for having no emotions, not feeling anything about anything. Um, not just men, but as a, as a generalization that people can make. Uh, being in third position is when you're just divorced and distanced from everything. Don't, nothing seems to bother you. Can be really useful in certain situations, and other times it can be a nightmare. It depends what you're doing, really. Equally, being stuck in first position tends to make you a dictator or very certain of yourself, which could be good or bad, depending on how you play it. And sometimes people spend too much time in position two, which means they are constantly stepping into the shoes of other people and thinking about what they want, which sounds like a great thing, unless you forget what do I want. So really, the important thing is to be in the right position for the job at hand. If you got stuck in conflict or a relationship is a bit stuck with somebody or you're feeling I don't get them, I don't know what's going on for them, then take a few moments, if it's okay to do that, step into their shoes and kind of go, well, what does it feel like? What's What, what would drive this behavior? There's a thing in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which says, what if we considered everybody's behavior had some positive intention, they were doing it for some good reason, which maybe we don't understand, and maybe it's not good for everyone, but it's good for them. You know? uh, if, we, if we could give that as a starting point, as a kind of starting point, that might be a really useful place to come from. And, and that leads us into a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to be talking about 
um, some of the research into gratitude so a lot of this stuff comes from positive psychology so positive psychology if you don't know it's not about being happy all the time it's about researching into what makes for a good life or a fulfilled life they, they discovered that years ago uh, Mar marty seligman who's, who started it in the late eight, 90s i think it was uh, he was president of the american psychological association and um he looked around at the, all the research and he recognised that pretty much all the research was into depression and anxiety and none of it was into happiness. And depression, anxiety and, and psychosis and stuff are, are kind of useful and interesting to know about, but they don't represent most people's experience. It's not really, most people don't end up in psychiatric, psychiatric institutions uh, on long-term medication. Some people do, but most people don't. So he thought, well, maybe we should look at what makes a good life shouldn't ignore the other stuff we should look at what makes a good life um so they started to go well what are the things that seem to make a good life and a lot of it landed um towards a, quite a lot of buddhist perspectives interestingly enough meditation uh, and various exercises around kindness which are central to to many uh, spiritual practices um but certainly buddhism was a, a place they went to a lot so uh, we're going to look at some of that stuff from positive psychology. So some of the things they looked at were gratitude, the importance of gratitude. And there's interesting research. Some of it's about, you know, how gratitude changes how you feel, how positive you are, how grateful you are, but also how it changes your chances of getting anxiety or depression. And then more recently, how those kind of things change our physical health you know what's going on physically what's happening in our brain what's happening in our hormonal system and actually there's quite a lot of stuff going on so i'm going to talk a little bit about that so gratitude that's number one um compassion which means to bring kindness and similar to that the practice of uh, loving kindness which is a kind of a buddhist practice uh, which has been adopted into uh, a western style although keeping a lot of its original ideas i'm going to talk you through some of those things which might be really useful for you uh, if you are dealing with tricky people or people who ha are currently behaving in a way that's quite difficult to be around uh, and as i say your normal normal thing of running away getting out is just not that much of an option so um first of all some of the research uh, gratitude so one of the things that people have studied a lot it's very simple to uh, to get people to do gratitude it's a very simple set of exercises doing gratitude uh, does that have an effect yes it does have a, has an effect on all sorts of things in your life and your and your health it uh, tends to make you more able to to be positive about stuff they did an interesting study um, with gratitude where they uh, they, they know that there's there's real health difference between people of different socio-economic groups so if you have you know enough money and a good education and a good job you know stable job uh, uh, then your health is actually improved compared to people who don't have those things it's, it's one of the shocking inequalities in healthcare, and, and certainly there's some studies where i think it was in glasgow where if you lived on one street, you would die 10 or 20 years before the person living in the other posh street. And that would be the only difference uh, was, was your income levels and your housing. So finding a way uh, to change that has been something people have been looking at for a long time. And one of the things uh, that, 
they've looked at with gratitude is does gratitude in any way help buffer the uh, inequalities that naturally come uh, and it's not about having loads and loads of cash there's some studies into that as well that having loads of loads of money doesn't make you any happier than having enough to get you through but if you have a low income low socioeconomic scores then your general your health outcomes will be worse than people having fairly decent ones so they, they ask the question if you are grateful does that make any difference and what they found is it does that actually uh, people who are grateful spend a lot of time being having gratitude it evens up this imbalance that they that it means that their socio-economic status doesn't affect them nearly t to the degree that it would do there's some other studies uh, more recent studies on does it affect uh, the uh, markers of uh, an immune system that's on the rampage an immune system that's not functioning very well uh, so interleukins and other immune system markers and again they find that it does that, uh, that with gratitude it again softens that balances that out and has an effect with loving kindness uh, there's some very interesting studies coming out at the moment so loving kindness is and we taught you through the actual exercises but just give you some background loving kindness uh, <clears throat> which is about being nice being kind giving giving love and kindness to people and yourself uh, again is linked to changes in your genes so there's a little bit of the end of your gene called uh, the telomere of the gene and the length of it is an indicator of your kind of overall wellness and your longevity or predictive predictive aging and if people do um, loving kindness meditation even if it's quite short so they haven't been doing it for ages there will be a change you can see the changes in the telomeres these end caps of the genes so there's some really strong evidence again that what we do doesn't just have an effect on how happy we are it also makes a difference to our physiology so uh, what are the exercises we're going to do it's fine if we've got any other questions coming up oh hi all sorts of people from my past showing up for hi Renara and Carl and people more recently uh, from various courses I've been teaching at university. Nice to see you. Thank you guys for coming along. Hope it's been useful, interesting for you. So we're going to start with uh, the gratitude exercise. Uh, these are just really simple ways. And um, we talked about other stuff of how to deal with other people, how to shrink them down in your mind, uh, how to avoid certain conversations. So just relook at that stuff. Or if you've got any specific questions, drop them down and I'll answer them now. Um, but this is more about how do you get yourself into a kind of more balanced space and state so that those things when they come up those invitations for you to go and be grumpy and cross and irritable are l there's less of a compulsion to do it because you're in a better state already it's almost like well I could go that way well, I could not so the first thing what I'd like you to do and I do hope you've got a piece of paper a pen or a laptop or something just write this down is the gratitude exercise and there are a number of ways of doing it in fact the word um, gratitude shows up in pretty much all world religions I think it's a core thing one of the pillars of Islam it's certainly it's the Eucharist in, in, in the um, Christian church that means Thanksgiving there's obviously you know giving thanks and Thanksgiving in American you know culture uh, and it shows up pretty much everywhere uh, and there's some interesting research um, suggesting well let me just, just describe what gratitude is first so gratitude means being thankful for something 
and it really seems to be defined as having uh, a sense that this is something that's come from external so you're thankful for this thing appearing this gift yeah so it could be a sunny day or it could be the rolling stones or it could be uh, that pint of vodka i've got next to me it could be anything right um but it seems to be this sense that it's there's it's been given ex by some external force person god if you're if that's your spiritual orientation so um the, the, some of the interesting studies, particularly interesting studies, are that gratitude is most powerful when it's given by a stranger. We doesn't seem to affect us nearly as much if we get gratitude from, if we get something or we're grateful for something from someone close to us. It's almost like we would expect them to give that to us. But if a stranger does it, a kind of random act of kindness, someone taking the time to do something nice to us, that seems to have a very powerful impact on us. So lots of theories about why um, gratitude may may be so important. Um, and even small doses, like just practicing for a week, is shown to have quite a long-term effect on your well-being. Um, there's a, a really interesting theory by Barbara Fredrickson called the broaden and build theory, which is when we go into stress, we kind of shut down and we just see the world through a very kind of narrow filter. When we go into flourishing, which is kind of linked to all this, flourishing is this sense of uh, having a good life, life opening up. When we get into this place of uh, of blinkeredness, everything just shuts down. When we go into flourishing and, and becoming more aware of fulfillment and good stuff in other people, then our brain appears to start to connect to different parts of itself. So we start to get more interested in other things. We start to explore, we start to adventure, we start to connect, we start to engage. Um, and this, there's another theory, if I can remember the name of it, which is it will rhyme it was find uh, find remind and bind so um, so find means finding new friends uh, reminding means uh, reminding all the great stuff that you have in your current friendships and what's the other one find remind, bind which is finding new friendships uh, or you know building and increasing current friendships so all these ideas that the more that we socially cohese the more we, we find people um the more that's good for us but interestingly that's they think it's evolutionary and that the more we did we did that back in the day the more we be part of a gang and a gang is stronger and more protected and able to be resilient as as a unit more than an individual person might be able to be so um lots of interesting stuff about why gratitude shows up so much in people's lives uh, and and probably has done through the whole of history connecting with people i talked earlier if you saw did a brief little um, thing about oxytocin that oxytocin is the kind of love love or hug hormone give everyone a hug if you can see anyone just reach out even though it's a cat, I'm trying not to knock anything. I give them a virtual hug. Um, because oxytocin is this hormone of bonding, a hormone of connection, and it's really, really important. It's important in childbirth. It's important in uh, relationships, romance, a connection. And it's uh, generated by anything that gives us a sense of connection with other people. And... Uh, so hanging out with people being with people is really important 
but also stuff like dancing together, singing together, walking together, anything done together increases the amount of oxytocin that you have. But it's also true that if you do it virtually, then you increase oxytocin. So just by us being here right now, I'm just going to turn that light down. My face has gone slightly green and you're seeing that. There we are, that's better. You're seeing the waterfall on my face. I'll tell you a cool trick actually, whilst we're here. I think this might work. And I'm going to do it the green one. You can see I can disappear. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> uh, because this is a green screen, if you didn't realize, I'm not really swimming around. So gratitude, how do we increase our levels of gratitude? Well, really simple. What you need to do is you need to spend some time. And, and it could just be a few moments every day. Or it could just be, uh, you know, do it for a week. It doesn't really matter. But what you need to do is to spend some moments I'm going to get you to do it now and I'm also going to find out what's going in the room next door to me because I can hear people chopping and chatting it's that time of day isn't it I don't know what's happening in your house or in my waterfall of course uh, so what I'd like you to do is think about three things three good things that have happened in the last 24 hours that's the first thing so I'm going to get you to do this exercise I'm going to play some music while you do it three good things that have happened in the last 24 hours and what is it about this that makes you feel grateful? What's the cause of it? Where did it come from? You know, what's the external factor? What's the agency of this? Where did it come from? And why does that make you feel grateful? So I'm going to do that. And whilst you do that, I'll be back in just a minute. And uh, let's put this one on. Hopefully you've done that. Three good things. Uh, maybe you can pop them down. What are, the t what are the three good things? Have we got uh, my I'm always great for my shower is hot. And then we attribute that. Where does that come from? Well, it's good I've got a shower. Aren't I fortunate that the water flows in the taps, uh, that the heating works? So what are the three good things? Write them down. Share them out. Because actually talking about them reminds you about them. We take for granted. I mean, it's so true at the moment, isn't it? That we took for granted absolutely that we just walk out the door, go to the pub, go to a restaurant, meet with our friends, that was just normal, just didn't even show up as important. Now, oh yeah, <laughs> now it feels like that's something that's really missing in our lives and we didn't even notice it. So the ability to focus up on what is important for us. We've got some good stuff coming up here. Lunch in a sunny garden. Yeah, so a lot in London, for instance, a lot of people haven't got access to gardens. You know, that must be really tough when the sun comes out. So really recognising that. And then thinking about why is that? You know, why is that, where's that come from? How, how, what's the agency of that? You know, so it's the sunshine, the fact I've got a garden, aren't I fortunate? Uh, a husband who knows me so well, <laughs> sunshine, food and learning. Uh, I didn't have a migraine today, excellent. Uh, grateful to God because it meant being able to homeschool my children without my husband needing to help out, fabulous. Uh, nice friends getting in touch, extra work coming in, all the NLP people and the difference they make in my life. Larks singing on my walk. Excellent. Yeah. So focusing up on that stuff and recognizing the externalness to you and how lucky you are, how fortunate you are to have a sense of that. Just the simplest way of doing it. Some people recognize, recommend keeping a diary. Uh, some people uh, say it's good to do it towards the end of the, the day because you can see your day and that it's also useful for helping sleep. So there's lots of good stuff. Ah, oh, what have we got? Beautiful cupcakes from a sister-in-law. 
famous dad whiskey from my best mate uh dad making me an egg sandwich and eating it together oh lovely well doing things together is really good gardening uh husband singing <laughs> reminded me why i fell in love with him oh uh and a surprise legacy from a very close friend in a will i think i've talked about this before as well about post-traumatic growth you know that when stuff happens how do we respond to it do we respond to it as oh no or do we kind of start to go okay well that's happened what can i learn from it how can i move forwards not having cooked tonight cheese moussaka uh, Vicky's been doing her 30 day sketchbook I don't know if you've been following her on uh, on Facebook doing her sketches uh, a puppy falling to sleep puppy named after me I assume Jane excellent so <laughs> so being grateful for stuff it's a very simple very important thing to do um, the next thing is uh, similar linked which is compassion and I'm going to talk about compassion particularly within the context of um, the loving kindness meditation it's one of the easiest ways to do it so compassion means to bring yourself uh, to a situation with kindness with thoughtfulness for somebody else and also for yourself the seminar continues with some more practical skills in the next episode The Mind Body Connection Podcast. The Body and Mind.